Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast with your host, Tessa Zolli. I am joined on a Saturday by my friend, mentor, and personal esthetician who does my extractions, Douglas Preston. He is an acne and anti-aging specialist with over 40 years in the business. So welcome and thank you so much for joining me, Douglas. Oh, Tess, it's always a pleasure to uh, <laughs> to meet with you and, uh, and to be a, a feature on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. We were just laughing because I thought today was Friday and it's Saturday, but Douglas so kindly agreed to join me on a weekend, on an 80 degree weekend. So we're really lucky to have him. Douglas, was there anything I left out in your introduction you'd like to say about yourself? Uh, I think that was really uh, very nice of you. Uh, I I do want to point out the fact that uh, we are... um, uh, through uh, my business, Preston Skin Center, uh, offering uh, uh, in-person trainings for acne therapy uh, and, and very likely for um, business improvement programs, too. Uh, we want to kind of test the waters and make sure that we that there's a, a big audience for that before we invest in it. But I, we think we have it. So, it, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll direct uh, your listeners to our, um, to our website with the uh, online store that has a list of all those programs. Yep, absolutely. So we'll put your class information in the show notes so you guys can find those links. And just to plug him a little bit, he has a variety of classes. He has an in-person training coming up. We can give more details about that at the end of the podcast, but he also offers virtual trainings and they're very unique acne classes. I feel like one of the reasons I love them so much is because they're very practical and it's it's not like you're just reading a textbook. Douglas has seen, you know, so many types of acne and he knows the questions that come up and um, the questions are very easy to apply to your business. And I think, you know, all estheticians are probably addressing acne in some way and we can all always use more advanced training on it. So I'm just so happy to promote you all the time because I think, you know, your <laughs> classes are really special and needed, very needed. Thank you so much. Just, just, just a little bit more on that. Uh, probably one of the, the main features of the of the training I do for estheticians is I really try to keep the subject uh, limited to what most estheticians are going to encounter in um, in their practices. In other words, there are so many different kinds of acne and influences and and skin types and fits uh, uh, scales. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. But if we're trying to get a foothold in uh, the acne business and also to become experts uh, uh, in our trade, uh, I think that focusing knowledge in the area where that where you're most likely to be called upon to use it is really an, an important thing because it's like you know you sort of like learning music you know you master your scales first <laughs> before uh, you try to play complicated pieces and what you're going to find is that most of your knowledge is will be localized in a, uh, in a um, fairly narrow range of customer uh, concerns so uh, that's 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 what we do and then if you want to to uh, become very scholarly and learn everything you can about acne, well, certainly the information is out there. Absolutely. And today we're going to answer some of the common questions that we hear about acne. I asked you guys on Instagram to send me through your questions. So 
Douglas, I'm going to direct these toward you. Are you ready? Sure. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Starting with the first one from Kat Baker. She says, what do you recommend for severe cystic acne or how would you handle this in your practice? Oh, well, I've seen it so many times. It, uh, and again, this is one of those questions. It's a it's an excellent question. It just involves so many variables. So again, the age of the person, the to- the topical influences that uh, they may be uh, introducing to their skin that doesn't work, uh, their genetic history, of course, family history with this, um, uh, you know, then it, then expands on to diet, lifestyle, how much stress they're under. So the first thing you have to do is to really get a read on all of the possibilities of influence with this customer. So if the, uh, so you can't, there's, there's no one approach uh, mm-hmm. other than starting by getting a good thorough interview with this person. You know, have they had any drug history with this? In other words, have they tried to control it through, uh, through medications and so forth? Uh, all, yeah. So, so a lot of information gathering in the beginning. And then there is, uh, on top of that, we're not even talking about treatment yet. Then there is how this client will behave in our care. So will they be willing to sign up for multiple visits? Uh, is, is the price going to be a problem? Uh, will they be compliant with home care? That's a big issue with, uh, with my clients. Uh, and, and all of these things are going to have an influence on the outcome of our work. So... But let's just assume that, you know, everything is good, right? We're, you know, we've got an acne case here. They're motivated. You know, yes, there's some family history. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to do is examine the skin and see if, that there, are, if there are is evidence topically, in other words, congestively, uh, that's going to partially explain the situation. And usually what you're going to find is open and closed comedones that uh, uh, have a fair amount of inflammation going on. And that probably controlling the inflammation, removing the sebaceous plugs in the skin is probably going to be my first course of action. And it was certainly true uh, with the case of um, client I was talking about earlier here. So uh, uh, that's where we begin. And then from there, it's always going to be just a matter of what happens, you know, week by week by week, um, whether or not you're going to get improvement uh, and um, uh, and get to the bottom of the problem. Now, just to follow that up, at what point are you turning somebody away, if ever? Uh, there are only a few cases where that happens, and it happened recently. <clears throat> One is if I find that a client has unrealistic expectations. In other words, if they want a magic bullet to get rid of all of this, uh, you know, then then uh, that's not likely. Secondly, uh, if I feel that the customer is not going to follow a program that where I can be helpful, and yet they want uh, you know miraculous results. Uh, that's probably not going to work either. Um, recently, I uh, I recommended a, cl- a young client, a fourteen year old boy with savage acne. I after I've been working with him probably the better part of a year, we really got the, the acne pretty well under control. Uh, but then he fell off his program. He ran out of products. Uh, didn't uh, tell his parents. Uh, and this acne not only roared back, but got worse because of a couple of other things he was doing. Then the holiday season kicked in. He's got a, you know, a big, big 
he's got a, a high glycemic diet. He's very athletic. He doesn't follow his program at home. And, and we were not making progress. And at that point, uh, I discussed with his parents uh, the possibility of a different approach. And of course, that approach is going to be, to the horror of most people listening, probably Accutane. Mm-hmm. And given the fact that he's scarring badly, he won't follow a home care program. He'll come in regularly. Nice kid. I extract like crazy. We're not getting the job done. I'm worried about lifelong uh, scarring mm-hmm. on his skin. And at that point, that may be the alternative for them, uh, something to consider. So uh, I'll, because all I'm doing really is charging them a lot of money and I'm torturing this poor kid every week with these painful extractions for no good reason. So this is one of the rare cases where I ethically uh, Mm -hmm. speaking, and this is just my own values. I'm not trying to suggest this to any other professional out there. But for me and my experience, this is probably the right way to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hope they do honestly, because nothing else is going to inter- interfere or, or intervene. You can be as philosophical as you want about it, but the plain fact is is that this kid's getting scarred up. He's uncomfortable. He's not yeah. going to help, and that at least is uh, an alternative that um, that may work out. And then after the, that program's over, you know, I, I can see him. There, there still may be work to do after that, but. I would say in the last 10 years, this is one of three cases where, um, mm-hmm. where I did that. Right. And I, I agree with you. I think there's a certain point where the condition deserves to be medically treated and you'd be doing him a disservice to say, this can all go away from, you know, only topicals. Well, you know, a, a test that we, he and I proved that, that the method I was following would, could work. Mm-hmm. But it can, but again, it can only work if you work it right. Mm-hmm. And 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 when that doesn't happen, you know, it's, it's sort of like you know going to uh, see your personal trainer and having a gym membership, right? You want to be buff and tight, but you only want to go in once a week, and then you don't do anything between your visits. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you yeah. know that results not that you know if you that results not going to happen, and Absolutely. it is the responsibility of the client, not the the technician. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not failing, but together right. uh, we're not uh, we're not achieving the result. Which is a really good point, and you've you've told me that you know before that we're not intended to cure acne, and we shouldn't feel we shouldn't feel responsible for a cure. Well, we can't cure it. You know, it is a it's a disease that's out of you know even. Even physicians don't cure it. I mean, if you if you're looking at Accutane, for example, in many many of the cases, you know the acne returns, mm-hmm. and so they have to do sometimes two and three sessions with this stuff. Got you know, ugh, yeah. dreadful, but you know, but true. Um, you know, eventually the skin comes to terms with acne on its own, but uh, but until then, you know, we're trying to intervene both for an aesthetic improvement of the skin, because, you know, everybody knows what it's like to be, you know, to, to have a face that's not presentable publicly, uh, but also to prevent scarring, because that's that's the down-the-road damage that leads to, you know, serious problems, particularly with self-esteem. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, you know, whatever a client can do to avoid that, I think is worthwhile. Absolutely. Okay. That leads me into the next question from... 
K-A-K-A-U, cystic acne and hyperpigmentation. Which one do you address first? Well, you, you, if the, if the, if the PIH is, or let's say if the hyperpigmentation is a result of the, of the melanin gathering due to inflammation uh, with acne, then of course, the first thing you want to do is to get that part, our part under control, the cause. So, you know, if the client is continuing to develop uh, uh, in, infectious lesions and inflammation, then the, the pigmentation problem, which is, you know, which is involved with the healing, uh, is, is going to continue. So, you know, let, let, we want to get the, we want to get the, the, uh, the inf- infections and inflammation under control first, just like I did with my client uh, I was talking about earlier. And uh, then, uh, then, then you can uh, uh, begin to introduce other treatments uh, to help with the uh, hyperpigmentation. And that can be, of course, peels. Peels can go along with the acne. Of course, we know that, but it may not affect the pigmentation yet. But once, once we're working on that, of course, then we have peels and microdermabrasion. Uh, you can use, uh, of course, LED and uh, other methods, you know, we have them on retinol, of course, and uh, they can even use, um, you know, a microneedle roller at home. So there's lots of options, but I'm going after the infection first. Okay. Lily Aesthetics asks, how often do you recommend acne clients exfoliate at home in between bi-weekly treatments? Uh, well, it, dep- it depends on the method and how sensitive the skin is. Um, most of my clients are using uh, some kind of multi-fruit enzyme pads, unless the skin's pretty sensitive. I usually have them do, use those maybe every uh, two or three days uh, if the skin is not particularly sensitive and, the, and uh, we're, we're, we're a little more aggressive on it. Then I'm going to have them use the, um, an exfoliator uh, and, and retinol. And I may alternate those things. So again, it's a, it's kind of a client by client decision. And also, uh, uh, you know, de- depending on, again, the, the, the condition you're encountering, then what, then the methods make of exfoliation go, may go from very, very mild, you know, a, a type of enzyme to something more, um, more dramatic in the, in the, uh, acids. Okay. And, this is a question for me. Are you ever recommending with your acne clients some type of physical bead, even if it's a very like soft, non-scratchy type of physical exfoliant? Is that your for you to answer, or is that selfishly from me to you? Oh, <laughs> well, you know, if we're talking, a scrub is basically what you're describing, and that's yes. that's a mechanical exfoliator, or in what I like to call an aggregate. In this case, um, it depends. Uh, I find that's a little more effective if the skin is not doesn't have any open lesions. Certainly, I don't want to recommend it for that. Uh, if we're dealing with uh, any kind of um, capillary dilation, then I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to want to use it there. I, I'd much prefer to have something that maybe has some salicylic or mandelic acid in it for exfoliation that way. But um, occasionally, you know, I, f- I find that the aggregate type of exfoliation is really popular with with boys. They like 
you know, the roughness of it. Uh, so I'll, I'll allow them to have it, but then I demonstrate how to use it. So in other words, you know, we don't want them trying to sand paint off of wood, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll demonstrate on the back of their hand, the amount of pressure that they should use, of course, no hot water and um, uh, uh, so that they don't overdo it. Okay. I, like I mean, that. if it'll help them, clean, if it'll help them do the cleanse and, you know, let's go. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Lena, Lena Cuss asks, do you recommend glycolic peels regularly at the dermatologist or esthetician? Well, hopefully I, uh, the client is in my hands for that yes, <laughs> and not the derm, you know, and I have yeah. nothing against dermatology, you know, uh, unfortunately on the chat boards and so forth, the dermatology is, you know, is they're, they're, they're often presented as, you know, the great enemy of estheticians when in fact, you know, they have their place as we do. Yep. But, yep. Uh, you know, a glycolic peel, especially at, like in the 30% range, for example, that's quite adequate for, you know, getting in, uh, getting through the stratum corneum and helping to release the, the entrapment of, uh, of the sebaceous plugs. So, you know, I, I would think that that is something that, that any esthetician who's skilled can, can handle on their own. Okay. Yeah, we also have to make money, right? So <laughs> let's keep it in <laughs> that the house. Too. That too. Yeah, that's that's our next episode together. Will be maybe finance or money focused. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay. Emmy Johnson asks, "Do you recommend oil cleansing for acne?" Uh, well, uh, if it's you mean using oil to remove sebum. Is that what we're talking about? I think oil she for cleansing? Means, you know, oil cleansers. Do you recommend clients using oil cleansers, you know, while dealing with an acne condition? You know, I that's an individual thing. I don't personally do that. Um, you know, I, I certainly, uh, my, the cleanser I would use would have an emulsifier in it and uh, to, to help break down the sebum. Uh, and uh, and also something for uh, uh, for exfoliation and you know bacterial control. So uh, I'm not going to be the expert on that. It's just not what what I prefer. Not what you do, yeah, and um, and and probably will not. But if but again, if if the esthetician's getting a good result from it, then you know that may be that may be a legitimate way to go. It's just not how I practice. Right, right. I agree. I think it's you know kind of a, a personal thing. I don't recommend them either. Um, another question from me is mm -hmm. just oils in general. Um, how are you talking to your clients about avoiding certain ingredients that may exacerbate their acne condition? Well, one goes by just sitting them down and educating them about it. Uh, you know, I, 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 I want to bring up something important here. Um, that influences all of us. And it's, and it's part of the education I do. You know, we as estheticians only have so much power to do anything in the life of a client. And if, 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 if I ask myself this question, you know, what is the biggest challenge in controlling acne? It is always co client compliance. It's what they do when they're away from me, which is almost all the time. I have no control over it. And this is particularly true with dietary concerns and with uh, with um, stress, both in, in terms of school and at home. 
I can't influence that. I can't change it. And, you know, when you're talking about diets that are high in, uh, uh, that are high glycemic diets, whether they're getting it directly from sugar or from, uh, you know, from, uh, uh, from fried foods or, you know, all the things that teenagers eat or, or we're talking about the iodine that's in most table salts and fast foods, you know, it's, it's really hard to combat that. And so, uh, so when I'm, when I'm addressing a client, I take in the reality of who they are into this picture. I don't try to change them because I, I've almost never been successful with that. So if, if, if they are going to continue to do things that are not in the best interest of their condition, then that is something that we just agree on. I don't, I don't, I don't nag them. I don't punish them. I don't threaten to not see them anymore. We, we just come to an agreement about that. And then I do the best I can with what I've got. And, and then it's up to them to decide if it's worth it. Uh, but um, so a lot of times, you know, I can mitigate the acne and I know I could do much, much better if I had the, uh, if I, if I had the compliance. But at the same time, my job is to take what I get and do the best I can with it. And, and at that point, I'm not responsible for it. Right. Okay. And when you say you want to come to an agreement with the client, how, how does that kind of look like in the real world? Say, you know, you've seen somebody one time, you've talked to them a little bit mm-hmm. about things that could affect their acne condition. You've given them the home care. They're coming in regularly, but the next time you see them, things aren't better and it's clear right. something else is going on. How, how do you actually come to that agreement or what do you say? Well, what, what I want to know is, particularly if in the case where we're seeing some reversal in our progress, you know, I don't want to embarrass my client. I don't want to make them feel bad. That's, you know, we're supposed to be doing just right. the opposite, right? right? But at the same time, as a responsible therapist, I need to know what's going on in this picture. Mm-hmm. I usually use a lot of humor in it, you know, I'm very <laughs> casual, I'm a nice guy. And I'll say, okay, it looks like... Uh, it's like we kind of backed up a little bit here in our with our acne. I said, you know, let's let's find out what's going on. Okay, well, the month of December, right? It's like mm-hmm. okay, a lot of a lot of kids, you know, they've got finals, yeah. so you know their hormones are up. We call it final space in my office, <laughs> and and they're eating junk food and they're doing all kinds of things and they're kind of neglecting their routine, particularly if they go on vacation or something or they're off skiing. It, and and I, I just bring it out. So I don't make them embarrassed about it. I'll say, okay, you know, did you kind of lay off on your routine? Yeah. You know, and we're eating a lot of stuff, you know, during December. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, okay. So the okay. thing is, is that we, we, we know. We acknowledge. Right. And we don't punish. It's just like, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And, but let's, let's, let's get you caught up again. Okay. So we try to then reverse that. Because all we're trying to do is control, right? Control mm-hmm. to the degree that we can, uh, up until uh, you know this this condition, as I said, will finally abate uh, on its own, which mm-hmm. eventually will happen for most people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, Allison Louise Adams asks: I noticed vitamin C made my acne flare up. Is this normal? Hmm. Well, here's a here's a question. 
what at what what kind of acne are we talking about? Where was it located? Where was some of the base? What are some of the base ingredients in the vitamin C? I mean, was it just you know it, it was probably in some kind of carrier? Uh, was was the strength of it um, uh, causing some f- uh, f- follicular irritation? Uh, so vitamin C in itself shouldn't have that effect, but usually there may be something in the in the uh, uh, in the carrier ingredients that could cause that to happen. So, and, and, you know, we see this online, unfortunately, way too often, like in chat groups uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and esthetician groups, people will show a picture of something and say, what do you think this is? And then everybody throws in an answer. Right. It's like, wait, well, stop, hold it. We need to investigate this. You know, if we're, if we're going to be skilled, competent estheticians, we have to do what we're always accusing the doctors of not doing, and that is taking the time to understand what we're dealing with here. So if we if we put that out there and say, hey, you know, can vitamin C cause my acne to flare up? Well, maybe, maybe not, but that but that opens the door to a lot of questions. And unfortunately, not everybody is interested in studying in that to, to that degree. And and you have to to really know what you're doing. So, you know, we, we don't want to be armchair experts here. It's like, okay, it's possible, but let's find out. Can we take a look at that product? What did you, what happened before that? Did you have a peel or something? Maybe it was something else. Maybe it just happened to intersect uh, with, uh, with menses and it seemed like it happened, right? I get that a lot. Right. Oh Uh, yeah, me too. So we need to know. And so, and, and hopefully we take the time to do it. So, you know, there's no way I'm going to just throw out an answer like that without at least seeing it. But secondly, yeah. you know, to, to ask a series of questions that might help rule that out. Otherwise, we're, we're stuck with a situation that happens very often, which is that somebody will say, okay, well, I went to the dermatologist and the dermatologist said, you can't use any of your products anymore wait a minute, hold it, <laughs> you know, or, right. or in the case where a person buys a regimen from us and then they bring it back and say, well, I broke out. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, uh, there's, there's so many things that could be yes. going on here, right? Oh yeah. Right. And it could be one ingredient in one product, not add six, and it could be incorrect use. I mean, there's so much. Right. So, right. so we don't want to react too quickly. We want to take the time to understand what's happening so that we can do good business and also not lose business to, you know, to, um, you know, to excitement and, uh, and misinformation. How do you see purging in your practice? Does that tend to be part of the process? Are you not noticing it as much because you're doing such thorough extractions well, I'm of two minds about this whole thing okay. about purging, you know, and, and I've, I've done a lot of reading about purging recently because I wanted to see what the medical community had to say about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, for example, in anti-aging treatments, I noticed that when people would have breakouts after a facial, a lot of times it didn't have to do with the skin purging. It had to do with the skin reacting to a topical that, uh, that either caused follicular irritation or, an act, or a bacteria buildup that caused a temporary two or three day breakout. It's like, well, if the skin is purging and, it's, and we're breaking out and yet prior to that, the skin looked great. I mean, 
how does that an advantage, right? So, but with um, with uh, with acne, uh, sometimes you're going to get more of a reaction. Let's say, for example, with uh, the first use of benzoyl peroxide, something like that. Yeah, you might see a, a, an increase in uh, in breakout. But then that if it's if it continues the use is continued properly, then typically we'll see a, a reversal of that. Uh, it doesn't happen that often in my practice. So um, I just think it's one of those things that to me anyway, uh, it, it's not clearly understood and I'm not sure even accurately defined. So um, I won't touch too deeply on that. I'm not the expert in that okay. area, but okay. I feel like I feel like there's more questions about that than sure. there are answers. Sure. Okay. But it's, but it's thrown around all the time, that term. Right. Urging. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Kaylee Duggan says, how do you integrate salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide in the same routine without excessive dryness? Uh, well, uh, there are things that we can give our client that can counter that. First of all, it's okay if they use uh, a... Um, a, hyd- uh, a topical hydrator that's, for example, um, uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I'm having a having a brain freeze here. It's Hyaluronic okay. acid, thank you. Mm. And uh, and even some um, uh, hydrators that uh, are, don't contain uh, um, uh, comedogenic ingredients, they're out there. So uh, dryness is an unfortunate aspect of of um, a good acne treatment. It's not one we want. Uh, I think one of the worst things about the dryness is that it, I find anyway, that when I explain it to a new client, so look, you're going to experience some dryness when we go, when you're doing this treatment, it will largely correct itself in about 10 days to two weeks. You'll have some, but it won't be as dramatic. And of course, excuse me, in the winter months, it's even more acute, but, um, but, uh, and then, and then if it's, if it's real severe, then, you know, we can, we, there are things that we can do to, to counter that. Uh, but, you know, so you have to have the right kind of uh, hydrator for, for acne skin, for example. Uh, the biggest problem with the dryness is that I find that even if I've told the client that this is going to happen, sometimes I find that between visits, they stop following their program. They just, or parts of it. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, I was getting really dry, so I'm only using my benzoil every two or three days. That's, that's not going to do it. <laughs> it won't, that won't, that will not inhibit the bacteria, right? So we've got to get them back on that. So when, if you're dealing with that kind of dryness, then, of course, you, you have to have, a, you know, products at, at your disposal that, that will counter that dryness. That's correct for acne and whatever brand that you are using um, hopefully has something uh, that will address that and, and correct it. I know your high school students has, have asked you about this. Have you heard of slugging, applying Vaseline or some sort of occlusive over the skin? Yeah, I have. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, it's it's really, uh, it's, it's one of those dark clouds that will come and go finally, you know, in, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, yes. our, in our sky. There's so many things like that that happens you know, and, and of course, things, yeah. slugging's an ugly word, but um, you know, personally, I think it's a bad idea. You know, if you're creating an occlusive covering, then yeah. what, what you've done is you've created an acne favorable environment. You right. know, what what does acne bacteria hate? 
oxygen. <laughs> and how do you prevent oxygen from getting to the skin? Just put an occlusive seal over it. Then, right. you know, they'll, they'll, right. part, they'll party on down there in the follicle, right? Yes. So, but again, we're talking about non, mostly non-experts experimenting with all these things. And I don't know where some of this stuff comes from. But again, well, the interesting thing is a lot of derms are in favor of, of doing the slugging. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, but I think it's what you said. It's what type of skin are we looking at and dealing with? Is it already an acne favorable environment? Because in that case, it just wouldn't make sense to apply an occlusive to trap in that bacteria. No. We're talking about a dry skin mm-hmm. with nearly invisible pores. That's a different story. That Completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, are we dealing more with a uh, with an internal problem than a topical, right? So... You know, it's uh, if 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 the hormones are creating you know problems in the skin that are not necessarily always related to P. acne's bacteria, then you know uh, you, you know you have dry skin bacteria uh, of acne. So a lot of times, you know, derms will say, "Well, we're going to we we need to correct that too." And um, but uh, hey, well, all I can say is, look, if you if you got a positive result out of it, then good for you, right? But yeah. Right. It's it's not a it's 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 not something I recommend. And certainly, of course, you know I don't practice it. This one is a little bit similar in terms of trends. Uh, mm-hmm. Zandra Bariga, hope I pronounced your name right, says, "What are your thoughts slash recommendations on pimple patches?" Well, some of my clients use those. You know, they're they're here's it, it, it's to, are we dealing with a pimple or a papule? You know, I don't know at what point somebody is responding to this, but um, you know, if they if they're putting something on the skin that's drying it out, then I don't see a real benefit there. I mean, you could, for that matter, you know, that's what Clearasil was, right, <laughs> or is still. You put you put it on there, and it helps dry it out. We're not trying to dry out a lesion. And if it's a pimple, then what's happening is that we have a we have a follicle that is at the end stage of dealing with an impaction, right? Yes. And if it is a pimple and there's pus in there, then clearly the follicular wall has been breached. At that point, what we need to do is to get we need to get out the the uh, the blackhead or the or the um, yeah. Or the, clo- or, or the sebum in the closed comedome, because you dry that out, right? But you haven't removed the irritant, which is still down in there. And so that needs to be relieved. And this is another reason why when we're talking about people, you know, picking on their own skin, mm-hmm. digging into those things, you know, they don't necessarily get the impaction out. They might get some pus and blood and lymph and all that. But right. if the impaction still lodged down there at the base of the follicle, this cycle is going to repeat. That's our job. And if you're yeah. skilled at extractions, then you have to know what you're looking for. And sometimes you have to be persistent, right? To finally find that thing down in there so the skin can then heal on its own and and and, um, uh, and correct that. So those patches, uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of them. But again, you know, if a, if a person wants to use them, they, they, they can. But I've never found any of these kind of remedies a substitute for what a skilled esthetician can do. Totally. Yeah. To me, it's 
a band-aid like it's just actually a band-aid if it helps somebody not pick I'm well yeah right it. yeah it's better than a it's better than a needle in dirty fingers right yes yes <laughs> but it can't it can't replace that physical pressure of of getting the thing out you that's know? right and in my extraction education you know i i'm often i'm showing people in, you know a skin that has a lot of impactions in it. And I'm asking them, tell me what you see. Do you see anything here, right? And I find all kinds of debris in the skin that many estheticians don't even recognize, not yeah. to their discredit, but it's just, you know, 40 years of <laughs> looking at that skin accounts for something. And, uh, you know, I can feel it. I don't even have to see it. But you know, if the skin is responding to those to those impactions, then we, we do have to get it out. And we have to get all of it out, not just a portion of it, which certain yes. extractors uh, will make it appear that uh, all of a, uh, of a blackhead has come out of the skin. But in, in some cases, it just breaks it in half and it fools you. Mm. Do you want to tell us, that's the end of our questions, by the way. Um, oh. <laughs> do you want to tell us about your extractor? Because I've touched on it before. I've said, you know, why I love seeking out your treatments because I find they're just more thorough. Like the next couple days after my extractions, I don't have raised bumps, lesions, more purging. They're completely extracted. Um, my close comedones are blackheads. Um, why is your tool so unique? Well, it's unique for a couple of reasons. One is it's unique because I'm the only source of it. <laughs> uh, I invented that that tool almost 39 years ago. And it was a response to having all of the extraction tools that you have today. All the same ones were available when I first started, but being frustrated with the fact that they were so limited in what they would take out of the skin and particularly in hard to reach areas such as down uh, on the bridge of the nose in between uh, uh, the, the eye and the, and the bridge, and then especially below the jawline, where you have lots of closed comedones. It is so hard to get that material out, and it takes mm -hmm. a long time. So I wanted something that would both give me better reach and, and, and more speed so that, mm -hmm. uh, so that we could get more done per session. And uh, I was visiting a dermatologist friend one time, and I saw a tool on his on his tray, and asked what it was, and he told me it was a uh, lan it was a lancet, surgical lancet. Anyway, I got my hand on some of these, and I wanted to try to create a tool that would allow me to put pressure right at the locus of a follicle, but actually reach under that follicle and lift rather than just press down and squeeze material out or side to side, which is what people do with their fingertips or Q-tips mm -hmm. to lift that mm -hmm. out. And we're talking about, we're talking about uh, uh, conventional comedones and closed comedones, not a big, juicy, active lesion. That, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's another way that you're going to, to relieve that. And the extractor is not good for that because it's too small and that that tissue is far too tender. We have to handle that differently. But in the case of um, of your uh, of your typical uh, uh, open and closed comedones, it doesn't have an equal. So it gets under the follicle, it lifts out the debris, and it'll take out anything anywhere. It's just incredible. And um, and I only created it for my own use, but 
little by little over the years, uh, you know, I had some employees who were trained on it and they would go off and do their own thing and ask to, if they could buy one. And and for many, many years, I'd sell maybe a dozen of these things a year. I would never try to make a business out of it. What changed all of that, though, <laughs> was Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> and suddenly, uh-huh. estheticians were showing the use of this thing. Yeah. And sales exploded. In fact, I was oh. going to actually retire the tool because uh-huh. it's really a third-party tool. You know, it's a tool that I actually shape by hand, literally, and uh, and then sell. So I was just going to let it go. You know, I'm I'm approaching retirement years, and so I thought, well, you know, we'll just let this guy go. It's it's a shame because it's so wonderful. But uh, and then when all of these sales started happening, uh, and and thanks to you in part, Tess, because you've been a real good promoter for this <laughs> for this guy. Um, I'm happy to. We decided to see about having uh, our own version of it made. So I hired a CAD designer who created a new design uh, for me, and then uh, we um, sent it to a. a a person who was involved with a tooling company. And we are just about to have a brand new version of this out. And, uh, uh, and, and in this case, it'll be late. It'll be branded the Preston extractor. It's trademarked. Um, it will, it will not have the cup and hole end on it uh, that the current one does. Cause I don't use that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and it'll be made in the USA instead of Germany. So we're real proud of that fact, but this, we've been, We've been on this project for the better part of a year. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, I just got a text from my connection who said they're just about wrapping up the the first um, production prototype. So once I get it and approve of it, then we'll go into production and we'll be uh, making a lot of noise about it then. Congratulations. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So this tool is available for sale on your website. Um, I feel like it's important to say it does require a little bit of training right with you it 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 does there are there is online training for it and as a matter of fact uh, i even have a a congestive acne course online that includes an extractor and uh some training videos uh and there's a lot of information in there about congestive acne it's a great course it's called mastering the art of common on extractions a congestive acne extractor training program if you go to my website which is prestonskincenter.com that is actually my uh, that's actually my skincare business site. You'll see on the landing page a big bright blue banner across the top uh, that says uh, uh, extractor uh, purchasers and uh, class registration. Click here and that'll take you into the store for the professional side of my of my website. It'll lead you right in there and you'll see those options. Um, and extractors can be bought in singles or in pairs. And um, and I am always happy to support anyone who purchases that tool. In other words, if you're if you're if you're struggling with it, or you don't quite understand it, or you didn't realize you were supposed to pull the cap off the end of it that's protecting it, which so many people do, <laughs> even though it's printed right there on the on the, on the packaging to take that off, um, then you can contact me directly anytime. I'm 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 generous with with. Uh, with the amount of support that I give estheticians and I want to be sure they're happy with it. But once you master it, uh, you're never going to want to put it down. It's just the best thing. And it's indestructible, which is to me the worst thing about it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't wear out. Yeah. You did a little too good. People lose them. (laughs) Yes. I lost mine. Yep. That happens. Yep. Um, 
And and I often re- I always recommend that people have two or three of those if they have a busy practice because you want some resting in in uh, 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 in the cleaning process between uses. So but there it is. But yeah, man, yeah is it a, is it good? And you have some some big names using it now. So this oh thing my is gosh, a, yeah, is yeah, incredible. we sell them all over the world now. And uh, once we have the new one uh, come out, we'll probably uh, uh, allow distributors to uh, purchase them in bulk. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. beautiful. I'm going to list all of that information in the show notes so everyone can find your links. They can use my discount discount code slash support code that you are so generous to provide. So oh, we're happy. Below. And by the way, uh, I would like for people, if they want to really see more of what that tool can do, uh, to go to my YouTube channel, which is Douglas Preston. And uh, you'll see uh, uh, plenty of... Um, demo videos there more in depth and uh, it's and it's pretty graphic so it should be quite helpful yep absolutely amazing well thank you so much for your time douglas oh tess it's always a pleasure i saw you were on my schedule so i'll look forward to seeing you soon (laughs) i will see you next friday (laughs) okay great well have a wonderful weekend and i want to just say thanks to everybody who's listening to this um podcast Uh, And again, if you ever have any more questions for me, uh, you can always write me at uh, douglas at prestonskincenter.com and I'll get back to you just as soon as possible. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you so much. And I will talk to you in the next episode.